Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. With these words, Jesus finishes the grand picture he's been painting of what life in his kingdom looks like for the hashtag blessed. And he closes with this exhortation, blessed are the persecuted. And at this point, I'm not surprised. For the last 10 verses, Jesus has repeatedly challenged every preconceived notion we've had on what it means to be blessed, flipping them right on their heads. And so here we are once again on the floor, looking up at Jesus who with an outstretched arm helps us to stand as we get our footing on yet another issue we thought we had in the bag. You see, when we hear blessings and rewards, it makes sense to us that these would obviously go to the most advantageous and self-serving individuals. From getting a promotion to grabbing a seat on the subway, you don't succeed, especially in a city like New York, by laying your life down for the sake of others. But in Jesus' kingdom, This is exactly what he asked us to do. Two years ago, my stepdaughter began playing soccer, having played soccer myself growing up as a little in college. I wanted her to have every advantage I could give her so that when she got on the field, she was that much more focused and intentional than all the other players. I told her to support her team. I told her to play her position. But most importantly, I told her that unless you hear the whistle, you don't stop playing. Early on in the season, I noticed that the children would oftentimes stop playing when they saw someone fall or get hurt. It didn't matter if they were on their team or not. They would run over, check on them, and help them up. This made me and another dad cringe from the sidelines. We didn't care really if other people's kids did it, only if one of ours did. We saw this as the perfect opportunity. Everyone was distracted. Take the ball, score a goal, keep playing. As you can imagine, I had many talks with my stepdaughter about this. If we wanted to win, if we wanted the rewards, if we wanted to be a blessed player, we had to focus on ourselves and take every advantage over everyone else. Blessed are the self-serving. Blessed are the advantageous. In Jesus' kingdom, things are quite different, though. In the verses we read, Jesus gives us a glimpse of the ideas that are going to permeate and define his ministry. Ideas that would lead him to say things like, the greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Ideas that would lead him to say things like, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. Ideas that would lead him to say things like, he who would love his life would lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake would find it. Ideas that would lead him to say things like, No greater love is there than this, that a man lay his life down for his friends. Sayings like these empowered his followers to go out and talk about his kingdom, tell his story, all the while suffering persecution, being reviled, being accused, even being put to death. In fact, they called these sufferings the sufferings of Christ and saw it only fit that they should share in them. New Testament writers, they wrote about him, sharing this feeling of what it meant to suffer like Jesus. 
Paul in his letter to the Philippians puts it like this. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Blessed are the persecuted. And I wonder if it's because like Paul, and my stepdaughter's soccer team, they've seen something at play that's infinitely more worth than anything they could have achieved on their own. I wonder if the persecuted are blessed because they're no longer enslaved by these advantageous, self-serving desires because they've met someone who had everything to gain, nothing to lose, who owed them nothing and yet gave it all up because he loved them. You see, Jesus, when he asks us to lay our life down, he's not doing it from some distant, faraway place, detached from the circumstances we find ourselves in. No, Jesus is well acquainted with sorrows, well acquainted with grief. For in just three years, after the verses we've read, after serving and loving people, he's going to be reviled, accused, persecuted to the point of death. Much has been said about this reward he talks about, whether it's tangible or not, but I agree with Paul. To have him, to know him, to be with the one who gave his life for me, that would be a great reward. And he says we can have him, we can know him, we can be with him when we lay our lives down like he did for others whom he loves as well. This has to be with Jim Elliott, a missionary who was killed while serving the people he came to love. This had to be what he meant when he said, we are no fools to give what we can never keep, to gain what we can never lose. Would you pray with me? God, your words today are tough. They strike at our Western sensibilities, our desires for success, and upward mobility. Who has time or energy to lay their life down for others? But here you did. You having nothing to gain by loving us. Yet you gave it all to have us. Let this be at the forefront of our mind, at the forefront of our desires, Let this be what influences our involvement at work, with family, on the train, in the street. Let us remember that you gave yourself up for us. And that we can have you and we can know you as we lay our life down for others. Would you help us do this? By your Holy Spirit, give us strength. In the name of your son, Jesus, I pray.
Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.